to a special edition of the Darden Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Omar Garia. Omar is the Executive Director for the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Technology here at the Darden School of Business. And he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, what led him to Darden and his role as the Executive Director for the Batten Institute, his vision for the Institute, plans for the months ahead, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Omar Garriott. Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. It's great to speak with you. How is everything? How are you doing? Doing well. I have been through now one full academic cycle. So um, I think that I now understand this higher ed uh, sector I have entered into at least a little bit better. Although many people have said, hey, you get five, six years of runway. So um, so it's going to be a process. Yeah. How does it feel to now be, you know, okay, you've done a full, full uh, year, full, full academic cycle. How does that feel? It feels like, um, it feels like I have in many ways just scratched the surface, but it also feels like I know enough now to, you know, um, really assert a bold vision for the Institute that I lead, which we'll, we'll talk about, I know. And, um, that's, you know, I'm I'm now I, I don't know how long of a runway I actually get, um, you know, for for saying, hey, here are the things we should do as an institute until I am actually part of that thing. Right. And I can no longer say, hey, why haven't we been I can't just ask the the five whys, right, that I actually have to be responsible for uh, seeing through some of these uh, different and newer initiatives um, and that I am inevitably and inextricably part of that uh, entity. So um, I'm really excited about the future for um, the Batten Institute and for um, Darden. Um, and uh, and so now I just I feel like I, I've learned a little bit more in a nuanced sense of how to actually see, you know, drive change within this this entity that is just very different than the uh, previous parts of my career. So um, we can get into that too, if you want. All right. Well, it feels like a good time to have this conversation uh, then given everything that you just shared. So uh, let's set the stage a little bit here, Omar. Tell, tell us more about who you are and what's your background. What'd you do before coming to DART? Yeah. Well, I did not work in higher ed. So Brett, you have to teach me everything you know. Um, I, uh, I, graduated from the University of Virginia undergrad, um, the other business school at UVA, uh, the McIntyre School. And um, 9-11 happened the fall of my senior year. So I decided to uh, not go into investment banking, which I had done as my internship prior to uh, to my fourth year, and instead go to Teach for America. So I taught third grade in the nation's capital. And from there, I went to go work for a social enterprise that was helping low-income kids enroll in college and got very excited about social entrepreneurship and that whole movement. I wanted to start my own nonprofit. Um, and uh, that was what I wrote my business school essays about. Um, went to business school on the, the West Coast just because I had lived my whole life within a two-hour radius of, of uh, Northern Virginia. So I figured maybe time to spread my wings a little bit. May or may not have had something to do with the uh, woman I was seeing at the time breaking up with me. Um, but I was like, I'm going to California and uh, did my MBA out there. And after that, I basically spent the ensuing 15 years working in 
tech. So um, I worked at some companies that you might've heard of. Um, first Adobe, then Apple, then LinkedIn, then Salesforce. And then my last job in tech was with Qualtrics and did all kinds of different things at each of those places, but was able to maintain a through line of serving the education sector that I um, really love and care about. And then I also, you know, toward the, in, in the last few years of that, uh, that sort of tech tenure, I was able to, um, uh, to uh, write a book and start my own sort of side hustle that was focused on serving mostly MBA students. And so this sort of idea of working in higher ed proper was always interesting to me and sort of on the table. The businesses that I helped run at the aforementioned companies were um, largely selling to higher ed. Um, I was sort of running their education businesses for these different companies and um, and or, you know, launching products into that space. The education space and so uh, i i feel like i knew both as an entrepreneur and as a um sort of corporate cog i knew something about this buyer quote unquote um you know higher ed uh, as a buyer but being in um being in it has just provided a whole different lens into how um how the business of higher ed works how we serve students and um has just been an education on a whole whole different different level. So I'd always kind of danced around higher ed and obviously had started my career as a teacher in K-12. Um, but circling back to this opportunity, I thought was a really cool next chapter in my career. The other thing I will say is I just got really burnt out from uh, from tech. Uh, and, uh, you know, you get to a certain level where it just becomes all about politics and um, you start to look back at your calendar and realize, hey, what did I actually do to drive impact on the things I care about um, and or make a deep connection with the people I work with, which can also be very motivating, right? And you start to realize, hey, I've just spent the majority of my last quarter on internal, purely internal things that just didn't really feel satisfying to me at the end of the day when I, you know, when it's, when it's all said and done. And, uh, and I guess the other thing I'll just say is that I had um, some real health challenges during the, the last few years. So um, I was diagnosed with liver cancer at uh, age 35. And the last seven years have just kind of been a bit of a, uh, a challenge in navigating both that and the after effects of that and the uh, numerous surgeries that I've had, including a live liver donor transplant which is a pretty rare surgery um, and a bunch of residual issues related to that. So um, this really started to imbue in me a sense of, you know, YOLO and that I uh, can't mess around with this one precious opportunity I have to make an impact in the world. And, and which isn't to say I wasn't able to do that in tech, but I started really questioning whether that was true. And uh, the you know one little um, vignette I'll share is that when I worked at Salesforce um, was when was when I got sick and the, the company really supported me and it was it was uh, amazing on their part. But when I came back from being in the hospital for the better part of six months and was back in the day to day of work, my coworkers 
said that I became less serious, right? They said that I was not as focused on, you know, all of the hardcore business principles that like a good MBA, I was making sure to employ, right? They were like, you're just nicer. You actually care about us as a person. You're actually okay with a chit chat before a meeting. And, um, and I started realizing like, I've been so obsessed in the first part of my career on what I might call this impact project, right? I've got to really impact, I've got to change the world. I've got to change the organizations I'm a part of, and I got to be that change agent and, you know, had really big ambitious goals for myself. Well, what if actually the impact that we end up making many of us is, you know, is more proximate, is more on the people that we're working with day to day and the people that we're around and all those interactions we have an opportunity to, uh, you know, imbue with love. And so I started pivoting a little bit away from the impact project and more toward the, what I call the love project. <laughs> um, and that sort of led me to, well, hey, what if I just worked for a place where I was just, you know, part and parcel of the mission, that was me. Um, and there were no questions about kind of, you know, what, um, what we're all ambitioning to do here, right? We're all ambitioning to provide the best experience for students. We're all ambitioning to be the best school that we can. I really love and care about University of Virginia as an institution as well. So there's sort of get backy element. And I was just really pleased to find this perfect nexus of a, a role within the university that um, I thought I could be a really good fit for and that there was myriad um, opportunity to do some cool stuff with. So anyway, long-winded way of of giving you a sense of my background and how I ended up here. Yeah, that's quite a, quite a story. I, I can't say that, but you always hear uh, those kinds of twists and turns. So we ask people, so what'd you do before you came to Darden? Um, I want to give you a second to talk about your book. Uh, you mentioned that you wrote a book uh, recently published. Um, tell us a little bit more uh, about your book. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm like a pretend academic. So, you know, <laughs> I wrote a nonfiction book. Um, the book is called Linked. Um, conquer LinkedIn, get your dream job, own your future. And it was published by Workman Hachette uh, last May, so a year ago. And um, it was really born of my experience starting the college and student team at LinkedIn as one of those tech jobs I had, um, which was probably the peak of my professional career. I, I feel like I look back on that first year working for LinkedIn when there was like let a thousand flowers bloom phase. The company had just IPO'd flush with ideas and cash. And, you know, we got to build some really cool products for students and colleges. And in that time, I got a pretty nuanced understanding of how LinkedIn could be leveraged for new grads, career starters, even um, MBAs and mid-career um, pivoters, right? So um, it just was clear that this tool was a bit of a mystery to a lot of people in terms of how it could be um, best utilized and it has no competitor. I mean, there is, we, we tend to focus a lot on the resume and things like that. And that's still important, but I see it more as like a box checker to get in the systems of whatever, you know, um, companies have for their applicant tracking systems. What really is getting people discovered, vetted, ultimately hired, you know, connected in as a referral, which vastly increases your chances of getting hired is LinkedIn. It is the, the default platform. It really is synonymous with the job market, right? There's a billion members, uh, tens of millions of jobs, two thirds of recruiters only use LinkedIn to find and vet candidates. 97% of them use LinkedIn to do so. And so it really 
this this idea for the book really was born of the the reality that this thing is misunderstood, misunderutilized, you know, underutilized, and um, is actually for me that the real passion around it is being able to level the playing field. I see LinkedIn if you use it properly as the great opportunity democratizer, because you can puncture any circle that gets you in the door, right? With enough effort, with enough scrap, with enough targeted hustle. Um, and that's really empowering. You know, you don't have to have gone to the best schools or have grown up, grown up in a certain community. You can actually create the opportunity for yourself, which we know is a huge function of penetrating some of these, these circles, right? Up to, up to 80% of the job market is actually a hidden job market where jobs are not actually posted necessarily, or they're posted with a candidate already in mind. Um, and so how do you get in the door sort of before you even need that connection or that specific role, right? In, engaging in a non-transactional way. LinkedIn has just made these things so much easier and so much more scalable. And so um, this was actually also a side hustle that I that I had um, running a training business for all the top MBA programs, as well as just job seekers writ large around how to make the most of, of LinkedIn in both your your profile and your presence, but also in your network. And um, and that turned into a, a pretty, pretty great lifestyle business that ended up selling recently to my co-founders because I didn't want to have a, a conflict of interest working for a top business school now. Um, and so, uh, and so, you know, the book, the startup, all of that sort of dovetailed together. And I love that I get to still work with students in this, um, current role I'm in and, uh, and share with them some of the strategies. So anyway, check out the book if you're interested. It is, it is ostensibly about LinkedIn as sort of the through line, but there really are, um, more time tested, higher level job search strategies that, um, that really are the focus of the book, right? So how do you build both a broad and selective network? How do you tell your professional story? And, and yes, how do you do that in a way that cuts through the clutter of what we know recruiters are searching for, what the algorithm prioritizes in search results, et cetera, um, how to prepare for your interviews, right? How to basically position yourself as a candidate, how to distill what you want to go after next, because there's so much um, value you get from being clear and focused on that, as opposed to trying to, you know, um, check every box and and just keyword stuff. Um, and so these are these are broader job job search and even self exploration strategies that I try to outline in the book. With um, with LinkedIn as sort of the tactical. Okay, here's here's how you then go do that where that needs to show up. So yeah, thanks for giving me a second to talk about it. It was. It was a labor of love. It was really challenging to do while I had full-time jobs in tech, but it's nice at the end of the day to say, hey, I put something new out there in the world. Yeah, it's clearly something that you have passion for. You can you can hear it in the way that you tell your story. Um, so you mentioned you had an extensive career in technology, looking for something that has more impact, really kind of worked with educational clients and higher ed, perhaps being a, a landing place. What attracted you to the executive director of the Batten Institute role? Yeah, so um, so for the last eight months, I've been in this role as the executive director of the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Technology. That's a mouthful. But um, I was very attracted to, first of all, I knew I wanted to work in a business school. If I was going to go into higher ed, it had to be a business school. Um, ideally, an MBA, uh, you know, a program that serves MBAs in all their formats. Um, 
you know, though I love my undergraduate business school, um, I had just worked with MBAs so much. I feel like I'm really, I really love the, what I would call not yet exec, um, uh, you know, like age and stage of, of people's careers. I had done a lot of coaching. I was also a, a career counselor for um, UC Berkeley, Haas, as well as for UVA undergrads. And I just really love this idea of like, you've done a few things, but the world is still your oyster. You know, maybe you, you kind of fell into whatever job you had after undergrad, but um, you can come to a top business school like Darden and have many more doors opened. Um, and I think that's in many ways the job of a top business school. So like going through that exploration process with people at this age and stage has just really excited me. So I wanted to work with MBAs. Um, I also just thought this particular role and the charter of the Batten Institute was really exciting. So this is an institute that um, has existed for about 25 years and is um, by all measures, one of, if not the very largest entrepreneurship center in the country, if not the world. <laughs> and so uh, at the time, and for many years, it still was the largest gift that um, UVA had ever had um, to set up the Batten Institute in 1999, a $60 million gift to focus on entrepreneurship, to focus on um, research, to focus on improving um, the student experience around making Darden a global leader in the innovation economy. And, you know, Frank Batten Sr., who who uh, made the gift, was prescient if you look back at some of what he talked about around the gift, right? Talking about how technology is going to disrupt everything, how DC is a is a real hub for this activity, which, you know, I think UVA has uh, has laid claim to, especially in some of our other formats. I know you're sitting with sitting sitting up there right now. Um, and that, you know, Frank Batten Sr. said something about how the leaders of the new economy, the global leaders are going to be those who can take an entrepreneurial spirit and mindset to their work. And I really found that to be true in my 15 year career in tech, right? It was not the people who sort of um, wanted to preserve the status quo. And yeah, maybe we're really good at their jobs, but we're unable to think you know, really creatively and innovatively about what was possible. It was not those people who were moving up the ladder and being rewarded and getting more responsibility. And, you know, um, I would, I would go so far as to say, like, really enjoyed their work, right? It's the people who can push the envelope, can understand how the levers of change need to be activated. You're not necessarily just going scorched earth and saying, this is the way things need to be right. You're, you're, it, it's the entrepreneur skill set of like, how do you build a coalition? How do you, get customers and reference those for other, you know, whether it's internal, external, external customers, how do you build sort of power, credibility? Um, and, you know, and again, be able to take, just take a new um, viewpoint that is probably missing in a lot of corporate offices, right? Um, that that is what excited me about being able to work in in that sector, and um, and I just saw it time and time again where people were able to say, "Hey, what about blank? Hey, have we considered blank?" Right? Um, and and really, you know, the innovators' dilemma: this sort of idea that you can get when you're successful, you can get stuck in your success and not necessarily be able to disrupt yourself. 
that is so real every day in in the tech world, which we're seeing obviously uh, is being disrupted in many ways constantly. Um, and so you kind of it kind of forces you to stay on your toes. It forces you to think about good design thinking and making sure that you really have a market for the things that you're wanting to launch and making sure that you're 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 um, staying innovative and not and not complacent. And so um, I just like really started to believe in that um, mindset. I personally think my career, you know, I tried to navigate my career accordingly. And um, I saw in the Batten Institute an, an entity that had existed for many years, focusing on not just entrepreneurship in all of its forms, you know, founder, joiner, investor, um, entrepreneur through acquisition, the sort of search fund idea, but also, but also entrepreneurial mindset, right? How do you build this, this skill set that is really what I believe is required of leaders in the future. And, and so, you know, we also, we run like these amazing venture programs. We support faculty, we give huge scholarships. We can talk about all this, but we also have in just, just in the entrepreneurship lane, but we also have other things that we're increasingly focused on um, that I think will um, in future iterations of the Institute be able to touch many more students um, than, than sort of just those that are hardcore founders or wannabe founders. Um, the interesting thing that, that, uh, that I've learned is that, you know, the average age of a successful entrepreneur is 42, right? And, 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 and if you look at the top, like 1% of companies, it's age 45, right? So a lot of what we're trying to do with entrepreneurs in an MBA or an EMBA program or a part-time program, these are, first and foremost about the educational experience that this can provide and the career value, right? I come from a world in Silicon Valley where having started something, no matter what happens to the thing is a badge of honor. It is, it makes you employable, right? It's like, oh, that's really, that just, I respect that, right? Um, but how do you, how do you uh, in, imbue some of these principles to a broader audience, I think is is really the question for me and uh, knowing that you are going to get career cachet and a learning experience at Darden that will benefit you in the future in untold ways, and knowing that probably for many people, it's not going to be as, you know, necessarily a successful venture that is the output of our programs immediately upon graduation. It is something that you will return to if and when the time is right in your career, you've done what you need, you know, need to do with and maybe a first chapter. You've for many people, it's you've made, you know, you've made some money, you've made some connections in the industry that you want to disrupt that can really help, you know, not just hone, but land your idea. And so I, I just, you know, I'm just really excited about um, broadening the Batten Institute's focus from just the residential MBAs because we're located here in Charlottesville to groups that are um like the EMBAs who are a bit more advanced in their career, more likely to go the entrepreneurial path. And, um, and also thinking about how we can activate and support our many amazing tens of thousands of, you know, Darden alumni who want to ultimately go down this path. And that's just in the entrepreneurial path. I won't get ahead of myself and talk about all the other pathways, but um, make a long story short, I really got excited about Batten's mission um, encompassing of a lot of the things that I've done in terms of entrepreneurship and tech and 
than sort of corporate innovation. I see myself as a uh, an entrepreneur in many ways because I was not part of these like really bloated big corporate teams. I was I was like, don't look at my background and think I'm a big company person. I I did work for big ish companies, but I was always um, purposeful in taking jobs that were kind of these nascent groups within within these companies who were trying to grow, trying to do new things, trying to launch new products. And it's really that stage that I really loved, right? When things got really red tapey and um, processy, I, I tended to lose some interest. So I was kind of like the startup person within these these bigger companies focused on the education vertical. And uh, and so I, I I got really attracted to that, you know, sort of philosophy at Batten and, and also just this idea that entrepreneurship is a key skill set no matter what you go on to do and that we could be the purveyors of that skill set and that education while you're here um, i think it's leadership well it's really interesting to hear i mean i know uh, from talking with our executive mba students uh, a number of them have an entrepreneurial interest or just kind of interested in the skill set or mm -hmm. it's also it feels like it's been a rise on the rise within our executive MBA program is interest in entrepreneurship through acquisition. You start to hear more of that. I know we've also seen early on for our part-time students, we've seen a number of students express interest in entrepreneurship as well. Obviously you have full-time students too. So it feels like this is, there's you're starting to be some of an uptick in interest here mm -hmm. across all of our programs. It's always been there. Uh, but as you noted, uh, that's just one thing that the Batten Institute does. So do you want to share a little bit more about also how innovation and technology fit into this, this vision? Yeah, totally. And just real quick on the, in the entrepreneurship lane, I will say that that interest definitely gets peaked over time as you evolve in your career, right? Um, and so it makes sense that we would see that with some of the other um, groups, the other pro programs within Darden. Um, and uh, and also when the economy is sort of like, you know, uh, tricky to decipher, you also see an uptick in these these kinds of things. I actually think it's a great time to start a company. A lot of people are are saying the opposite because you know purse strings are being tightened and things like that. But if you have an idea right now, people have taken investors have um, have become so cautious and wary uh, that you know they're not actually supporting ventures on the level that they're used to. And I think they're much more approachable right now. Just the just the volume has decreased so much. So um, you know, it's kind of like when uh, when the uh, stock market is down, becomes a stock picker's market. Go for it. Go for it. And I, I never think there is a bad time. But I also think it's really valuable to pursue something that you're passionate about, a problem that you need to solve in the world when you're in this crucible of an MBA pro program, right? There's no time like this in your entire life. <laughs> for me, I look at it as like it helped, it helped me get through my quarter life crisis, um, but you'll never have an opportunity like this, not to, you know, not to like heighten the pressure because Darden is a very rigorous program where there's a lot to, lot to do and a lot of demands and we want to prepare you. And I think we prepare you better than almost any other school for any sector. But, you know, if you can get that entrepreneurial sort of foundation laid here and then the Batten Institute can help you over your lifetime, you know, reconnect to some of those principles, reconnect to the network um reconnect maybe even to funding opportunities you'll be so much better off and it it may or may not likely will not be the idea that you've worked in massage while you're here but having gone through that that added that entrepreneurial crucible to the academic crucible of, of darden 
I think is just going to serve you well if you can invest invest the extra time. So anyway, I just want to say I'm entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, the Batten Institute also encompasses sort of innovation and tech. Innovation, I I guess I would define as more of a skill set than necessarily like a a career sector that you're going to go into, right? There there aren't that many jobs in innovation per se, um, but it's a mindset that we want every Darden student to have. And my challenge to the Batten team is how can we proactively impact every student, right? And that is not just going to be those who are founders or potential founders, or even going through things like entrepreneurship through acquisition or VC, right? It's going to be in how you inculcate this mindset that again, is leadership, is leadership in whatever sector you go into. And then tech is a really important sector of our economy that obviously I have direct experience in, but um, when you think about where the innovation skill set can be most quickly and readily and obviously applied, it would, would be tech, right? An industry that's being disrupted constantly, as I, as I mentioned. And so what I have seen since I have been at Darden is we place, you know, uh, a fifth to maybe even a quarter in different programs of our grads into the tech sector. And um, we have a real critical mass that a lot of great companies um early stage small tech big tech medium tech um and we uh and we also need to increase the focus of the school on this sector i want darden to be more strongly known as a school not just for entrepreneurs but for people who want to be in tech and um and that is um i feel like there is a lot of opportunity still for darden to do that i think we have been so successful at getting our grads into that space, but how we use that alumni community that really is a critical mass at, at pretty much any place you might wanna be, what we ask of them, how we engage you know, additional tiers and types of companies. Um, it's been a bit of a fragmented effort across different programs and functions at Darden. And I won't bore you with the, you know, the bureaucracy of higher ed, but I have started in the past six months convening a cross-functional, cross-departmental group to talk about what we want to do with tech at Darden. How can we create some shared targets? How do we create some programs that we want to run more regularly? What kinds of things do students need to be exposed to at what point in the journey? And how we sort of create a really strong, viable, sustainable current in tech that is you know, just as strong over time as some of the other career currents that you probably know better than me, but, you know, um, you um, Darden has its strengths in certain sectors and to sustain our strength in tech, I think it's going to require pulling some different pieces together and keeping a concerted focus on that. Um, I want students who are passionate about tech or even tech curious to feel like those doors are still open to them as long as possible. Um, rather than feeling like they have to get swept up in necessarily other currents, which sometimes feel like level five rapids here at Darden. And so that's sort of what we're ambitioning to do within the tech bucket um, at the Batten Institute. Well, your last comments around technology kind of bring me to my next question I was wondering about is, when you look forward, look ahead, like uh, what's your vision uh, for what you'd like the Batten Institute to be um, during, during your time here? Where, where would you like to take it? Yeah. So first thing I'll say is like, I love, I'm, I'm eight months in, but I'm still learning a ton and I love getting ideas and feedback from everywhere. So 
Brett, ping me after this. Anybody who's listening to this, current prospective students, um, no matter where you sit, I really want to know what you think we could be doing and be doing better. That's a service to you. And I would include alumni in that as well. So this vision is all fluid and malleable. Um, I think essentially it boils down to a couple things. One is this increased focus on tech, as I mentioned, right? Bringing all of the different people together who might touch this area and figuring out a coherent, cohesive, future-looking, ambitious strategy for, um, for that sector uh, together and having Batten sort of be a bit, bit in the leadership position around just, can, just, just doing that. As you might know, Brett, even just the exercise of cat herding can be a valuable role and a, and a difficult one, right? Um, but you can envision a whole lot of other programs around tech um, to not just peak, but sustain student and alumni engagement over time in that space that I'm really excited about. We're going to run a, a big event for the first time in DC this fall, most likely. Um, around that, um, I'm going to run a tech learning series this fall. We're going to stay really close to the Career Center and be helping focus on and help drive career outcomes. Um, and so um, there will be a number of other programs, right? Workshops to for skill building. Think about anything that's around the curriculum as um, areas that we can help really drive. So, so that's a big focus. Another one is um, in the in the entrepreneurship lane. Again, not just supporting those who want to um, solve a, a a problem in the world with their own venture, but how do we enable more pathways for more students, right? How do we wrap our hands around potential joiners, right? How do we help students within Darden match with other potential students um, across UVA's 13 schools and 22,000 students who might be able to help them with a venture or might have an idea already that they can take to the next level, right? You can envision some really cool pairings of Darden MBAs with engineering students, for example. Um, this idea could also be extended to alumni. How do we get more students' substantive experience with early stage companies? Whether or not they're going to ultimately go work for them, again, this is credibility in the career market. It is skill building. Um, so can we you know, think about classes and some other ideas to get, get students that project-based exposure? And that's true for both early stage companies as well as tech, tech companies, right? Um, and then also we run some flagship programs in the venturing category for not just Darden, but for UVA. So we're going to continue to do those and figure out how we can optimize those. UVA has an entrepreneurship cup, which many Darden students participate in. You actually get real money to go focus and incubate your idea. We run a summer incubator program. For the first time, we're really extending that to EMBAs and other formats. Um, and so how do we provide that service, not just to the university, but really ask the question of like, what's in it for Darden, Darden students as well? Um, this will be an added focus, you know, mentors, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurs and residents. Um, we run a conference on ETA. So we've got a lot of great stuff happening in the entrepreneurship bucket. It's just how do we make that more accessible to more students who maybe are founder curious, or joiners, or just see it as the best educational experience. I concentrated in entrepreneurship during my MBA, and I would I would argue that it is the best thing you can do when you are in an MBA program. It's the best and most accelerated learning, right? You, you want to be a general manager or a leader, 
you're getting exposed to every function. The idea may not, the idea is not necessarily the important thing. It's that you are wrestling with all of what it takes to actually launch something, to put something new into the world, to convince other people of it. You're doing good customer discovery and 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 um, and user based you know research, and these are just transferable skill sets. So you know I love when when I hear from students who say, yeah, I'm going to be a consultant right now, but the educational experience I had engaging in entrepreneurship activity while I was here is second to none. And I know I will return to this someday, right? And and more importantly, it will help me in my role as a consultant, right? It will help me be successful in this next step. And then the third pillar, Brett, that we're going to focus on increasingly is just thought leadership. Um, it's really important to me that, again, Darden be known as a school for innovators. And so how do we batten, become that vehicle for that? Um, I think there's a lot that we're doing that we're kind of not really talking about. So it's really exciting to get on here with you and help raise a little bit of visibility to that stuff. Um, we, you know, we support a ton of amazing faculty. How do we get their perspectives out there into the ether a little bit more? How do we translate them for practitioners and alumni and, and prospective students either? Can we create a coherent point of view, a Darden point of view on innovation and um, engage in the conversation a little bit more than we have? Um, you know, I don't know of another school or program where you can get where that's giving out dozens of full scholarships for people who have a substantive experience as entrepreneurs or as technologists or innovators and support a whole lot of curricular efforts and extracurriculars, you know, uh, su supplementary programs and competitions with real money and pay you to literally sit with us for a whole summer and nurture and incubate your own idea, right? So um, a lot of this for me is just sort of telling the story of how much there is going on here at Darden and how much Batten is a crucial part of that. Yeah, I'm curious about the conference that you mentioned uh, that may happen up here in DC. I recognize that the planning may be in very early formative stages, uh, but tell me more about what this yeah. conference is about, the inspiration for it. Well, there's a couple things. We're we're gonna have one at the end of the fall on the topic of AI. Um, obviously, a hot topic right now. But we've we've authored some original um, content on that topic, working with faculty, and so we're gonna launch our AI initiative in DC. Um, prior to that, we'll be taking some um, full time MBAs up to DC to um, have sort of a like a tech immersion day. There, there'll be there'll be a whole bunch of sort of like company visits and things. But prior to that, we're envisioning something that may be like a mini case competition or a, or a business hackathon, you know, a hackathon that like business-minded people can participate in that isn't necessarily highly technical on a hot topic, engaging a bunch of different alumni and different companies to, to see that, maybe judge it and facilitate some of those interactions between alumni and students that we know are so critical. Um, and so that's sort of the idea and the, October timeframe is getting some students up there. Part of it also, Brett, is just making sure that we, um, we, that the, the different programs and um, Darden offices, you know, buildings don't feel um, as siloed as, as sometimes they feel like this, this is, as our, our Dean likes to say, we are not just the University of Charlottesville, right? So um, we've got this amazing space in DC. We've got obviously a connection to a whole lot more companies, especially in the tech space, how do we just lubricate those connections 
and have it feel like a fluid experience, have the the DC community feel like part of the community of the full-time program and vice versa with Charlottesville with the the um the folks that are coming in and out of DC. Um that's that's another goal, right? Is to get substantive interaction to happen there. Um so yeah, you'll see a lot more, I think, out of out of DC. One last thing I'll mention that we're exploring is in the entrepreneurship lane, one of our most popular classes for founders is a class called Venture Velocity, where you can work on your idea for one semester or two for a whole for a, your entire second year um, with mentors, with accountability, with um, inst and in instructors who will guide you through that entire process who've been entrepreneurs themselves. And um, we're hopeful to expand that class to the EMBAs um, either this fall or in the spring after. So we're really serious about creating stronger connections with the other programs. Um, and again, you know, entrepreneurship, if you ask any VC, it's a volume game, right? You have to, it's a cross-functional volume game. You have to be um, planting seeds in as many places as possible. So um, it just, it just makes so much sense for us to be partnering more closely with the other formats and, and not just focusing on um, the students that we have here because they happen to be right in front of us in Charlottesville. Well, Omar, um, you shared so much advice, so many things for our listeners to think about, but I wonder if you have a final takeaway, something you would encourage people to consider, a word of advice uh, for them as they consider their own MBA journeys. Yeah, I, I would say two things. One is be intentional about it, right? So I always thought of the MBA as having buckets of activity, right? Um, there's the curricular side, which is pretty intensive, at least in your first year at Darden. There's sort of extracurriculars engaging in clubs and things like that. There's purely social. And then there's maybe the career bucket, right? Networking, exploration. I, think, I just think it's really helpful to come in, in with an intentional mindset of how you want to allocate your time across those buckets. Um, because I had classmates who you know, we're like, I'm just going to purely go with the social bucket, right? Uh, I know that this learning is important, but maybe they saw it more as a stamp of approval and a, than a necessarily about the skill set being developed itself and recognizing that the relationship, like an MBA program is kind of all about the relationships and that's the, your network that will sustain this experience. So you could choose to skew that way. I talked to another alum who really wanted to go work in VC and because he wanted to do that, and that's a very difficult sector to get into as a full-time job, he spent his two years networking. That's all he did, right? I mean, he engaged in the classes. You know, you can get cold called on cases, so you kind of have to do that work. But he he chose to really focus on the networking sort of career piece. And so I just think it's good to set that intention and then hold yourself accountable to that over time. Check in every you know month or so and say, am I actually doing this the way that I want to do it because there are really strong currents in your MBA program. There are things you're going to get swept up into if you're not really being mindful of what do I want to get out of this. And then the other thing I'll say, which is just more of an entrepreneur's approach, is this idea that um, that you just need to try stuff, right? Like I worked in tech, this whole fail fast, fail forward idea. Uh, I think it was a Thomas Jefferson quote where he said something like, if you don't know what you, you should do or what you want to be, just act, right? Action will define and delineate you. And that is why I um, am so excited to represent sort of an entrepreneurship mindset within a top business school, because I just, again, feel like there's so much educational and professional value in 
trying some stuff while you're in this crucible and um, in developing yourself as a future leader, no matter what it is. So, so just, just take some risks, do some things here, play the student card. Um, you get a lot of license to do that and you have a support system that just doesn't exist in the real world. So um, I guess that's what I'd say, Brad. Well, Omar, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk more about your background and of course, the Batten Institute. Um, look forward to all the exciting things that are coming up uh, during the summer and fall. Uh, we'll have to have you come back uh, to talk more about some of these trips to DC and, and the upcoming conference. Yeah, thanks, Brett. And people can just check out batten.institute to learn more. Um, and uh, I promise in our next conversation, I'll have a little bit less coffee. So I'll, I'll be a little bit less hyper. <laughs> and that was my interview with Omar Garriott. Executive Director for the Batten Institute for Entrepreneurship, Innovation, and Technology here at the Darwin School of Business. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening. <laughs>